0: This is Deep Deepnatter. Before we get started, I want to let you know that we're making some changes to the show. These conversations with Sean will go to monthly rather than twice a month, and my goal is to bring in a different co-host for at least one additional episode a month. All of the episodes will still be part of my main podcast feed, which is now called Jeffrey Sidoris Almost Everything, since I've got some things in the works that will not be part of that main feed. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to reach out. I'd love to hear from you. And in this last episode of 2022, we're talking about the year ahead and some of the changes each of us wants to make, both in terms of what we do and how we do it. Here we go. I'm expecting it the next time you call. What we haven't had happen, and, and this would be kind of funny, is if when you call me, or I call you, instead of ringing us, it rings everyone else in our contact list simultaneously. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and then when they all try and answer, it crashes Skype globally. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. You can't That'd make it up. About right. You cannot you make it up. How was Christmas?
0: Uh, Christmas was very quiet. Uh, Mm -hmm. because the girl was gone. She was up with her dad. And, um, so it was just Adrian and I, and, uh, boy, I don't even remember what we did now. So, yeah, it was very quiet. And then she came back on the 27th. Wait, today's Mm -hmm. what? Today's Thursday. Yeah. She came back on Tuesday. So we, we kind of did our little, uh, you know, small family Christmas thing on, on Tuesday when she came back Mm -hmm. or maybe it was Wednesday. No, it was Tuesday. Yeah, it was Tuesday. So, yeah, nice. very quiet. How about you?
1: Uh, yeah, it was good. I went to visit um, family friends. So, right, uh, you
0: tra- that was nice. Traveled, what, it, Shrop, Shropshire, Shropshire,
1: very, very good. <laughs> is that what it is? Shropshire, yeah. Shropshire. So it's okay. uh, it's a uh, an area or it's a county on the border of Wales here in the UK, and yeah. these are like family friends who, I mean, I, I mean. Um, carol who's the the mom in the family has been friends with my mom who's also named carol since they were both in junior school so wow um they've been family friends for a long time and i I get on with their kids as well who are about my age and so yeah it was um it was nice just to go hang out with a family i mean my family are all spread out all over the world and um physically distant from each other. And in some cases, emotionally distant from each other. So, <laughs> you know, having just going and spending time with a, with a, with a different uh, family, you know, and all families are a bit dysfunctional, but just being in that family space was really quite nice. I found it really, um, oh, it's just, it's just good, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it, it it kind of makes you realize um, what I'm missing the rest of the time. I'm really grateful they invited me. Honestly, I would have been sitting in my house on my own for Christmas. I, I did have a couple of other people invite me to things so i wouldn't have actually been sitting on my own but it's it's nice to have people think about you and say hey um come through hang out so it was good yeah, yeah it was good great. and they have two very cute dogs so oh, well, spent most of the time can't go wrong cuddled up with these two <laughs> lunatic jack russells which was uh <laughs> which was good <laughs> you know funny. yeah it was good uh it was nice uh, nice and nice and chilled and simple i've been um i've been running around i sent my rico gr3 off to get an infrared conversion. Yes, on it.
0: yes, you did, and it, you're you you are now living in a dreamier world. <laughs> I really am. Um,
1: so I was running, I was running around while I was in Shropshire as well when we were taking walks with this little thing, trying it out, and did a few tests on it before. Um, it's it's. I mean, because I'm not really using that 28 mil. Right. It's uh, now that I've got the 40 mil Rico, There's no reason. 28 w- was always too wide for me, so I thought, what could I do with this thing um, rather than it just sit in a drawer? And honestly, I had a 720 conversion done on it. Um, And it's just, I don't know what it is yet. Like, I'm not sure how I'll use it or what what I'll do with it long term, Mm -hmm. but it's just loads of fun. Yeah. It's. I find it a bit mystical. Like it's because it's funny. I found taking photographs in infrared gets a weird reaction from people. There are a lot of people who straight away got a hold of me and went, "Oh, I don't like this. Why are you doing this?"
0: Right, right, It, right, right.
1: it, it almost upsets some people. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is. Hello, internet. Um, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, <laughs> did you did you see what I posted today? By the way, I no, no, I haven't been from, on anything. Oh my gosh it's hilarious. Uh, I'll I'll pull it up so I can read it to you cuz talking about the internet this is a little digression but talking about the internet this was a this was a classic. Um this was a, an actual comment I got in a recent video. It says I really love your channel but I get nervous when people move their hands a lot when speaking. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me saying so. Please continue your channel but without the hands.
0: Right. Signed <laughs> like, Giuseppe from Italy.
1: <laughs> exactly yeah as it you're doing it but you're doing it wrong.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: But let with the with So the are you supposed thing, to
0: was, just have wait, wait, wait a minute. Don't leave this for a second. Are you supposed to just sit there all well, I mean you are rather stoic. So are you supposed to mm-hmm. carry that through to your body language and just sit there and 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 not
1: move? Sit on my hands or cut them off. I think is what they were saying pretty clearly. Dad. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. Papa. <laughs> yeah. Um Wow. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean I honestly I don't really pay too much attention to it. It, it. it is funny though, I did think about that recently. I realize I'm jumping around topics now. Um, that I I do use my hands a lot, which isn't normal for an introvert, but it it just is a way I communicate naturally. So yeah. obviously I'm not I'm not gonna change a thing. Like well, certainly or even
0: there's nothing wrong with a little flourish when one speaks.
1: Well and it, the Italians love it. <laughs> I mean they absolutely love it. I did get asked by an Italian, "Are you sure you don't have Italian blood? Because right. you do wave your hands around a lot." I mean, I don't, I don't take any of that seriously. It's 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 their issue, not mine. That's how I do stuff. Right? I mean, it's it is funny how many people will try and direct the work that you do there. Like, <laughs> please continue your channel, your channel, but without the hands. Like, so many people. Yeah, I don't like this much blue. <laughs> I'm not. I don't. I'm not a fan of the music <laughs> you, that you use. You can Everyone keep the orange, say,
0: but not the blue. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's just funny how everyone wants to direct what you do according to their preferences, and it's yeah, it, it, there's definitely a crowd like that. And that's the the infrared thing for me as well. Is it? It seems to bring out a, a funny when I shared. I've only shared a few photographs, but it seems to bring out a very particular sort of person who who really gets upset about it. Like they like it's a gimmick, you know. Well, that that and was going to
0: be my question: is is do yeah. they see it as a gimmick and not really a a real? And I've got my my air quotes. A, a real f- solution or photographic tool or, or, or something like that? Are you just, are you just having a laugh? And this isn't really photography
1: kind of thing. Cause you've gotten that before from people too. Oh, you should for sure. But, but my, I mean, and I said this to a couple of people who, who responded like that. I said that the thing about this is, this is actually real. We just don't have the equipment to see it. Right. Like this is the light that is around us outside of the visual spectrum that our eyes can take in and that exists it's real it's it's present you just can't pick it up and i for me that there's something really magical about capturing that and i was actually i was just i've just got off the phone with uh, martin rots actually we were having this conversation he oh, says nice. hi by the way yeah hi martin um uh that um i i've seen a lot of people do infrared and i reckon this is where people think it's a gimmick and i'll, I'll be brutally honest here I haven't, I've seen a lot of infrared. I haven't seen a lot of good infrared. Mm -hmm. It it feels like something that people get, they get very, very excited about and they push it hugely uh, in the post-processing. So it starts to fall apart or it becomes very garish. Right. And I mean, I'm very, very early doors, but I want to see if there's not a tasteful way to use infrared that's consistent, that isn't just infrared for infrared's sake. And that also maybe it becomes... Um, a specific tool to tell a specific story. I'm, I'm starting to put out zines with particular themes in them. And maybe there's one down the road, which actually infrared is the way to tell that story. I don't know what that would be. Um, I've got a couple of ideas already, but I mean, it's a legitimate photographic technique. It's, it's been around There's infrared film. It's around from the film days. And yeah. there have been people who've used it for stories, What's the name of the guy who shot Infrared in the Congo? Do you know the one I'm talking about?
0: Richard Moss is his name.
1: Yes, yep. absolutely. Yeah, yeah,
0: Yeah. That's. I was going to mention him. He's he's done some yeah. really brilliant work with Infrared and and has kind of owned that style for himself. He's kind of created, you know, a, a, almost a niche genre, I guess, uh, yeah. using Infrared film. And it's beautiful work if you haven't seen it.
1: It is stunning, yeah. So go, go Google Richard Moss, it's spelled M-O-S-S-E. Uh, and he's using erochrome film. Um, so it basically turns anything that's that's green in the image, it turns it to this sort of magentary stark red. Um, and because he's photographing uh war in the Congo, I think it I think it says a lot. It adds to the story. You know, it talks about a a land bathed in blood kind of thing. Right. Without without having to I don't know. He's not he's using a legit photographic technique that then adds a layer to the world that we see and maybe tells a richer story for it. I, I find that kind of thing fascinating. There's a particular image he's got. I just googled it while I'm talking to you, which is just it's a skull that's sitting on the ground amongst uh ferns and sort of leaves, but because this aerochrome has turned them bright red, it's a really striking image that absolutely makes sense for the subject matter that he's photographing. Yeah. Um, and, and I wonder if I'm trying to work out at the moment, are there ways that I can do that going forward that tell a particular story, uh, whether that's color or black and white, or whichever way I end up going. Um, and I'm excited about it. I think it's, I think it's an, it's just a new, it's a new tool mm-hmm, to, to get to mm-hmm. grips with, you know,
0: do you see this and, as a, a tool for exploring Portraits, or do you do you use it as as a, a filter that that creates a different narrative around the the landscape of where you live, or like how do you see yourself being able to kind of use it as as something other than people see as somewhat of an oddity? Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, almost certainly not portraits mm-hmm. in this case because seven twenty conversions just make people look really creepy and freaky. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, I mean, the skin glows and your eyes go almost black. It looks quite disturbing. So I I personally wouldn't do it unless I'm trying to convey something like that. And I do have a couple of kind of more abstract ideas around that, but it would never be just portraiture. I think it's more to do uh, with landscapes and especially the ruins that exist in the area around where I am um, because there's a lot of history around here right. and how to present that. I think there's there's some real possibilities. The first thing I did when I got it back from the conversion is I walked to the, to, to the graveyard down the road and started taking photographs there. And mm. I'm like, oh yeah, there's something to this, something about a place like this in these kind of, I mean, hyper real is maybe the wrong word, but, but stylized sort of and false color isn't the right way to talk about because it, it's not false color. It's it's just not the, the way we see the world. But that kind of, you know, colors are replaced by other colors. Different things are accented that aren't when we look at them. Right. Like plants and organic matter really kind of pops and glows. And the the, the world that we've built kind of fades into the background a little bit. That, that favoring different things over other things because different things give off infrared light, I think it's just a really interesting... Um, thing to explore and it obviously flips everything on your head that you know like i know how to walk into that graveyard and take photograph w- within the visual spectrum on a sunny day i know how to do that but suddenly i'm having to think differently because this thing favors different things right. to my normal camera and that's an interesting challenge and i'm enjoying that too so yeah early days but i'm 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 really enjoying just playing you know, you know what got me into this a bit as well was um i mean you've spoken to her uh, maria lax oh yeah sure Sure. And looking at her, um, uh, some kind of heavenly fire
0: Mm -hmm. book, which she she brought up. Yeah,
1: it's great. And she's got another one coming out very shortly. And there's, there's another one that she's just beginning work on. I actually connected with her in London, um, when I was down for these talks and her work for me is so creative and narrative but without being too she's not babying her audience mm-hmm. you know that the work is very abstract in a lot of ways and she's not i mean some kind of heavenly fire is kind of about you know the the myths and rumors that go around small towns about alien abductions and aliens appearing in different places but she doesn't show you aliens she she shows you things glowing in a forest and strange light on trees and, right. and newspaper clippings and, and odd things like that 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 kind of create this beautiful narrative. And looking at her work really challenged me. Like, I'm way too literal in the photography that I do. And, and I always will be mostly. That's the kind of photographer I am. But part of me really wants to try out this far more abstract, experimental style of storytelling with a camera. And for me, infrared actually seems like a great, place to start with that. Something that's not as literal. Yeah, hey, I'm just showing yeah. you this building and I'm showing you exactly what it would look like if you were standing here right now. It's a postcard representation of it. I'm trying to show you something different that you can't see unless you have my technique and my eye and my the story I'm trying to tell. Yeah. It kinda adds layers to it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah,
0: no, it it one hundred percent makes sense. I mean it's it's very similar to my desire to dive into wet plate. You know, it's yes. It's still capturing I mean one of the things that i've that I've uh, often said is is wet plate elevates or wet plate can elevate an otherwise mundane scene mm. into something more, something mystical, something a little more ethereal, something more visceral because of the process, because of of what wavelength of, of light, what it's doing to greens and blues i mean you look at mm-hmm. you look at Victorian uh, tin types. And, and the assumption is that everyone's wearing black when that's not the case. It's just how that, those colors were recorded, uh, because the, 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 the emulsion is sensitive to certain kinds of light. So I, I, I completely vibe with what you're saying. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's a different way of seeing some of the things that you look at every day. Yeah. And in that difference, there's a different story being told, I think.
1: I, I think so, and I, th- I think it, it 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 can just add to it. I mean, it, all of photography, really, if you think about it, is this to some degree. I mean, think think of the depth of field that large format gives you. Mm. That's not how a human eye sees.
0: that's kind of how mine see,
1: <laughs> but I'm a yeah, lot yeah, older yeah. than you are. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, a, that's
0: a different problem.
1: Yeah. It's a, but I mean, even, even that is like a hyper-real view. When, yeah. we, when we blur our backgrounds, even on our, on our normal cameras with a fast lens and, and throw the background out of focus to, to highlight a subject, especially a portrait, we, we are making that a hyper-real image of that, of that person, that, that context, on purpose. You know, right. we, we're doing it because it adds to the image. But, but this, this odd knee-jerk reaction some people have to if you take that boat out too far, the, the photography purists really don't like it. Like, they don't like kind of uh, certain editing techniques. They don't like infrared film. They don't like, if it feels like a gimmick, like some people don't like large format because, hey, it's just, you, you're just using it to get that look. But that's the only reason you're doing it because you can't, you, you're hiding behind that and you can't take a good photograph with a normal camera. They'll find an excuse to kind of put anything down. But I think every single one of those tools has something it adds. To an image, and 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 especially to how you tell a story. Yeah, that 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 only makes it richer. And 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 I want to try them all, to be honest. I've, I I think I think if I've got a resolution for next year, it's 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 to be a bit braver, and and a bit more abstract. I find as I'm growing up, like the photographers that I'm gravitating towards are the less literal ones, and the ones who are more playful and experimental. And and my personality is the opposite to that. I'm a control freak. <laughs> I want to know how to take a good, clean frame right, and, and to be able to hammer that out every time with my consistent, very simple look to it. But I'm like, then I'm boxing myself for the rest of my days. I'm going to look at other people's work and go, oh my gosh, it's so creative. I wish I could do that. Well, right. I can right. do that. I, I I put myself in my own box that says I can't do that. So why not try a lot of these other techniques and see what I can learn from them. And you know what? I'll probably drop a lot of them and go, nope, that's not that. And, and most of the time people will never see that work because they're only experiments, but one or two might take and become bodies of work that are, that are at least pushing the boat out a little bit.
0: Well, and the point that's- is to experiment, isn't it? I mean, if, if, if all you're doing is the same thing again and again and again and again, not only are you not asking anything new of your audience, but you're asking very little of yourself because you get yeah. to a point where you can do that thing whether it's you know writing a certain style of novel or or you know taking pictures or painting or you know making certain kinds of music the, the interest comes in the challenge though so i i think interest and challenge walk hand in hand at some point don't they
1: i think they should yeah yeah i think they should i mean i i i think i think when we've talked about um any of this stuff. I mean, e- even in terms of your painting, I c- I can feel that you're always looking for the next thing. Like you're trying in or you're trying, you know, like there's there's always new techniques you're looking for to see what it can add to the process, right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, absolutely. It, with I'm I'm sketching out some ideas for this next one of the next things that I'm working on is this JFK, this John F Kennedy. I don't know what it is. It's not a retrospective. It's it's a it's a project that I'm building around him because next year is the the 60th anniversary of his of his assassination but i'm thinking about not not just the subject matter of the material but the tools that i currently use to create the texture work at the scale that i'm using them at but if mm-hmm. i take that if i take that substrate if i take that panel and make it 3 and 4 times the size that I'm currently working in, well, now I have to scale up those textures as well. Otherwise they're not going to read the same way, mm-hmm. you know? So now I'm thinking about having to, you know, some of the, the thing I use, I use bits of screen or I use bits of hardware cloth or wire or, or, um, one of my favorite things to create texture in it with is, is, um, those, those sink mats, you know, the, the waffle weave kind of pads uh, that yeah. you put in the bottom of the sink those are terrific. You, you put them down on the gel and you squeegee over them and then pull them up and it creates this fantastic texture. You can see some of that in the, in the new cell damage body of work. Um, Mm. but if I, if I try to do that same texture at that same scale on a four foot panel, yeah, you lose, you lose the impact of what that does. So now I have to go, okay, what do I do? How do I, how do I scale up that texture? I can't, you know, I have to make the thing. So now I've got to say, okay, now I've got to get EVA foam and I've got to, I've got to cut, you know, scale up these holes, scale up these, this grid to w- what's appropriate for the size of, of the substrate and then see how that works. So there, there's, there's experimentation in narrative. Yes, but there's also experimentation in the process behind it. And, and actually the, 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 the physical uh, uh, processes of creating these textures. And, and that part is, man, if I'm being honest, I think that's even more exciting than the narrative part because the narrative Uh, part is consistent regardless of, of what size I make them. I'll use this, I'll use similar types of layouts and similar types of, of, of imagery and, and, you know, that kind of thing. But now scaling those up, everything changes Mm -hmm. because, because aspect ratios change, perspective changes um you know things have to be thicker to to create that same kind of 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 tactile impact that the smaller pieces do because that has to translate as well so man i am so excited about it and i'm i've been in the conceptual stage of kind of what i'm thinking about these pieces i don't know how much i want to say about this i'm i'm thinking about perception and i'm thinking about narrative and i'm thinking about uh, how how single events can be perceived on the left and the right in in mm. in often very different lights, right? Through but through very, different, ti-
1: very timely conversations. Yeah,
0: through different lenses. So actually I'll give you I'll give you a little a little uh a sample of what I'm talking about. If you if you can live search um Stefan Sagmeister made you look so the way it's printed is if the red sleeve is off of the cover, this dog looks like it's snarling and rah, the mouth is open, and you can see the teeth. Oh uh, yes, see the green in, of it. It's
1: in green. I can see that. Yeah.
0: And then when you slide the red cover over it, it's a different image. The dog is docile and almost smiling, tongues out. You know, looks happy. Yeah. Well. Wow. Right. So, what I'm attempting to do, and what I'm doing some testing around now, is is taking events out of jfK's life and presidency and trying to present them through the lens of the right and through the lens of the left in, the, in a single piece
1: wow, very interesting
0: to see how those things how how perception affects narrative huh
1: gosh that's fascinating yeah yeah, because you you are incorporating so many different elements when you're creating these pieces anyway yeah, but now it's a case of putting in various elements that actually conflict with each other instead of agree with each other to say one thing. Yeah. That's, that's a very interesting progression for you.
0: Yeah. And I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to require you like, do do you walk up to the piece? And, and some of the things that I'm, that I'm thinking about is, is, are there little uh, uh, red glasses on little, you know, like the, the old 3d, the plastic 3d glasses that you used to get in, mm-hmm. in the cinema? Are there, Are there red glasses on the right and blue glasses on the left and whichever ones you put on that determines what message or what, what, what elements are visible to you in the, in the, in the, painting? Mm. I don't know. I don't know. But this, Mm. these are the kind of things that are kind of rumbling through my head on this and, and maybe it's going to work. Maybe it's not going to work. I don't know, but I'm excited about, you know, like you with your infrared, I'm excited about going in this tangent. Maybe nobody's ever going to see it, but, but it will somehow, some way contribute to or inform what comes next. And that's exciting to me.
1: Yeah, because maybe it's not the technique that you take with you. Maybe right. it's maybe it's the idea that you take with you and you find a better way to do it. But, yes. but giving yourself permission to experiment around a new idea that's a braver idea, I think that's what we forget. It's very easy to sort of look down on people who are trying new things and just roll your eyes at it and go like, well, they're braver than you are because they know that reaction's out there. But they're, but they're trying something new and maybe they don't stick to it. Maybe they do. Maybe they show you a better way to do that and that surprises you. Or maybe they go, do you know what? But I learned something by trying that. I'm not sticking with that technique. Yeah. But here's how it feeds back into my main body of work. And thank goodness I experimented because my main body of work is much richer for it. You know, it doesn't have to be, we, we try a new thing and everyone thinks it's brilliant and we produce a book on it. That's not the purpose of every experiment we do. Right. In fact, right. How, could, how could it be? You know, I don't know anyone who who, who every, every idea they have is a brilliant idea and a complete body of work comes out of it. I, I don't know anyone close to that. I don't I don't either.
0: That's certainly not me.
1: No, it's not, not me at all. Like um, I have to experiment with 10 things before I get half one. You know, it's just that's how that's how it works. And yeah. I'm OK with that because I know it works like that with for everyone else as well. But that does mean give yourself permission to try a bunch of new stuff. One of the biggest things that's been that's that's inspired my photography since starting the YouTube channel has been doing the documentaries with other photographers.
0: Right. Because and every time you've them. seen
1: one of those, that represents at least a whole day spent with that photographer, listening to them talk on camera or off camera mm-hmm. about photography, how they see it, what they love about it, what they don't like about it, who their heroes are, what they're trying to achieve, and all of them are so different from each other, and it's just expanded my view of what photography is like, like nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a danger, I think in, in saying that like, Hey, I've got, I'm into street photography and I've got three buddies and we go shooting street photography together and we shoot the same kind of stuff. And that's what we're interested in. We've all got the same heroes. The danger in that is you're not going to grow past that or beyond that. Then that's, that's going to define you forever, which, you know, if that's the sort of stuff you want to do good for you, but now after doing these these documentaries I've been like I want to talk to people who do things very differently from me as often as possible because I find I grow more from those conversations than I do talking to people who just agree with how I do stuff and do things quite similarly that doesn't take me any further.
0: Yeah you don't you don't suffer yes men very well. <laughs> <laughs> Is that fair. That's fair. Yeah, right? That's
1: very, that's very fair. Yeah. yeah.
0: That's very so fair. if if you could can, can i put you on the spot for a sec and, and see what comes yeah. out okay so if if you if you think back on some of these um some of the documentaries that you've done with with other photographers is there something that sticks out either a a a technique a piece of advice uh or something you've you've seen watching someone else work uh, anything that, that 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 you can think of that maybe um has made its way into your own work somehow? Is there something that sticks out for you for that? Uh,
1: I mean, every single one of them has something. Mm. Um, I think that, I mean, the the, the great thing is they're all different from each other in so many ways. I I would say the one common thing though, is how underconfident most photographers are about their own work. And how t- encouraging I found that, because me too, right? Yeah, so yeah, sure. Talking to all these photographers who who I I think are great at what they do. It's the only reason I want to do a documentary with them. I I think I always half expected to walk in going, yeah, well, you took long enough to get here. I am brilliant, but none of them said that. You know, none of them even none of them even thought that. Oh, come on, one like, did.
0: We both know who it was. Yeah, yeah, we both yeah. knew <laughs>
1: it was. Um, It was, uh, it's just been great to see how everyone battles with, am I doing anything worthwhile, uh, confidence around what they're doing, fears about longevity, how they're going to pay the bills, Mm -hmm. um, imposter syndrome, all of it is present in all of them in different ways. And, and I think it, 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 it took the pressure down that I put on myself to have everything worked out. I think I, I put across like I have everything worked out. Right. I, I, and, and it's a mistake to do that. I know that like, I've had this gosh, I mean the, yeah, the best example I can give. And I think it's long enough now that like, I'm not telling tales out of school, but it's, um, like in my early twenties, uh, because, you know, I was in the church and, um, I, uh, I, 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 you know, you, you can't have sex when you're in the church. So you get married. young, Right. That's what you do. So I I was engaged when I was in my early twenties, uh, which now looking back on, it seems crazy, but I understand why we did that then. But my partner cheated on me and it absolutely devastated me. And we went to counseling and I remember sitting in counseling with somebody who we both knew who said to me, uh, well, I, I basically, we went through these sessions and he ended up talking to her most of the time. And and I'm going like, when is someone going to help me? And I, I just, I lost it at one point in that, in that session. And I just said, could you just talk to me? Like, I'm really <laughs> battling with this. Right. And he acted surprised. He's like, <laughs> really? Yeah, but oh my God. yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, but I know you like, you just handle everything. You're fine. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's yeah. what I'm putting out into the world.
0: That you're fine I, I, regardless.
1: I look like I'm bulletproof. Yeah. yeah. I look like I have everything worked out that, that, that everything is, is, is easy for me that, that I, and if it isn't, I can handle things really, really well. And I thought that stuck with me for years. And doing photography now and then interviewing these other people, it came back to me again. Am I pretending as a photographer that I have it all worked out anywhere or that everything's okay? And and talking to all these other photographers, I realized, like, we're all projecting something like that. But behind the scenes, we're all this. We all need help. We're all struggling with something. We're all unsure about a lot of things. And it's okay to be honest about that stuff. In fact, for me, it's preferable. Yeah and and i think that's what it drove home again for me doing those documentaries was it's okay not to be okay it's it's okay not to have it all worked out um none of us do so you don't need to feel bad about it when it's not working out none of us have it worked out myself included we're all just struggling along doing the best we can and that's and that's how it is i think that's that's the biggest thing it drove home to me again
0: i i wonder whether I mean I I think that's true and talking to you about all these things I think that's absolutely true. I wonder if there's still the the hope that that one of these you're going to do and someone is going to have it figured out and you're going to go aha that's 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 helpful. Like that's some concrete rather than than sort of reinforcing that that none of us have it figured out maybe there's someone out there who really does that that's the unicorn that, that we're we're subconsciously chasing, you know, to 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 let us know that that it, it's not always going to be a struggle. I mean, we know it kind of is, but we hope that it isn't. I don't know.
1: I think so. I think so. I just the way I think about it now is I'm not looking for that anymore. I'm not looking to meet someone who has it all worked out. Hmm. I, I I think I think I'm looking to meet people who've learned to separate out what they can and can't control and and are happy with just what they can and Mm. let the rest Mm. go like Mm -hmm. those are the people i think who actually have it worked out because because again we keep coming back to this so often maybe it's my fault but like i i really feel like that success is 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 making the work you want to make and letting go of the results and and the photographers who I think of when I talk to them, I feel like a further along than me have, have learned to sift out the important stuff from the unimportant stuff and clear the deck as often as possible to make the work they believe in mm. and don't overly concern themselves with how everyone is, else is going to take it. Will they find it popular or not? And those are the ones who, who who I think are, are the ones to learn from in terms of having, having it to some degree worked out. But again, people don't want to hear that because they want to hear how to be successful. Right. 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 And that's not the, how to be successful message. That's how to be happy. Right.
0: Where do I put the slider?
1: Yeah. 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 What, what, what settings do I use in my camera? You know, like it's, it's all that stuff. What is, what is, how do I hack my way to quick success and attention? And, and I, 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 all, all the photographers that I respect just don't seem to have that bone in their body. I mean, it's like, I mean, it's like listening to Joel Meyerowitz interviews. Hmm. I just, I just don't get, I mean, you could argue it. Hey, it's cause he's made his money with photography. Maybe that's true, but I don't think he'd be different if he hadn't, I, I get the feeling this is who he is. He just makes the work he wants to see. And he's very unthreatened by what everyone else is doing. He's not even paying attention. There's no competition in him. He's just doing what he wants to see in the world. Someone like, um, Roger Deakins is a good example. Cinematography wise, every interview I hear from him, so much humility. And again, another person who will use any technique at his disposal, if it's the right thing to tell the story, he doesn't care what you think about digital or film or, or anamorphic or spherical, he couldn't care less. He just uses the right tool for the job, gets on with it does the best job he can, and everyone else can do what they want to do. But he's just trying to do the best on the project he's doing at the moment and seems to care less about success or not success. And that's the kind of artist I want to be, you know, the one who, who is self-contained, you know, I'm not going to be Joel Meyerowitz or Roger Deacons or anything like that. But my wherever I end up, I want to have that attitude. That to me will feel like success.
0: Mm-hmm. Bringing bringing that sensibility to the work.
1: Yeah, and just to my life in general, like yeah. that's how that's how we balance out what we do, right? It's we we don't take ourselves overly seriously, and we don't treat our art as if it's some kind of you know hyper capitalist venture that needs that needs particular um, dollar amounts attached to it or numbers of eyeballs on it to mean that we we made a successful piece of work right um I, th- I think that's the kind of attitude i would love to have and i'm I'm aware that every example i've just given you are people who have lots of dollar <laughs> amounts attached to what they do but the, uh, but there's definitely i'm just giving those because everyone would know those examples i know friends who aren't making a lot of money on what they do but are making the work they want to see in the world and i i respect those people far more than the popular youtube photographers
0: or the artists who, and, and no names, but the artists who start farming out their art to other people, but still sign their name to it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. And you know, I, I, I mean, I think you said it because you, you, I, I have an example of that recently: an artist who is incredibly talented. Yeah. Who, who, who do farm it out and sign it, and, and, and they're seen as the more successful artists. I, I, I don't necessarily feel that way yeah the the talent is there for both equally in my mind and admittedly i'm no expert but but i just so respect an artist who who sits in their space making the work they believe in and finds joy in that I, i really think that's the whole game
0: well and the irony is that a lot of the people that we look to as icons and inspirations didn't make any money in their lifetime from the work that they did
1: well, that's it. I mean, I, you, I, the two examples I use in the book are, are, are uh, Rembrandt and Van, Van Gogh, or Van Gogh, if you prefer. <laughs> um, I've just spat on my microphone. <laughs> um, this is why you can't um, have like, nice things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Rembrandt was, was, was buried in an unmarked pauper's grave because there wasn't enough money to give him a decent funeral. Yeah, Rembrandt, and now his works sell for millions. Van Gogh was, you know, ended up killing himself, selling very, very little work in his lifetime, um, and definitely making no money from it. He died in debt, one of the most successful artists of all time well, post his life, like you just have no idea mm. what your work will do, and the interesting thing about both those artists i think and i'm no i 'm no art historian, but Rembrandt seemed to be painting people in a way that was less flattering than a lot of his contemporaries. Mm which probably made him more challenging in terms of marketing. Because obviously you pay, you, you commission a portrait photographer to go and sit for a portrait. And if you go to Rembrandt, you know you're going to look old. And and so he had to be brave and do the work he believed in. And it was only popular afterwards. Uh, Van Gogh was the same. Like there's, a, there's an amazing, uh, I don't know if you've seen the um, Willem Dafoe uh, Van Gogh. You know, biopic. I haven't.
0: I've heard so many people tell me about it. And I still, it's on my list, but I still haven't gotten to see it.
1: I'm I'm going to be very honest. I didn't make it through it uh, because I I found the filming so distracting. Oh, wow. See,
0: and you're a big Willem fan.
1: Yeah, I I love Willem Dafoe. I did not get on with the the filmmaking style. I found it very challenging and just bailed, honestly. But there's a a trailer out there which um, he's talking to a priest played by Mads Mikkelsen. Hmm. And Mads Mikkelsen is sitting talking to Van Gogh saying, why are you doing this work? And, it, you know, he's like, well, I, I, I love to paint. It's, it's all I want to do. He's like, yes, but it's ugly. What you're doing is ugly. Like, why wow. are you doing it like this? Stop doing this. You can paint well. Why won't you paint well? There's another artist who had to back himself and make the work he believed in, even though he had his critics in his day. Not Mads Mikkelsen, obviously, but, you know, I'm sure he <laughs> represents the like, voice of the sun just saying, <laughs> <laughs> he, yeah, he doesn't age that guy. He's amazing.
0: <laughs> he's got a portrait um, in, his, in his attic
1: yeah 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 but it's it's he had to back himself and make this very colorful, some might say garish work mm. that wasn't as appreciated in its time as his contemporaries and and it's only appreciated afterwards, which says to me, I should be braver and push the boat out with my techniques and not play it too safe because it seems that the work that people don't like now because it pushes the boat out too far might be the work that's appreciated down the road, so don't play it too safe, which is definitely my. Propensity, yeah. Um, be well, braver. I mean, you, you've
0: you've got even money on whether it is or isn't, so you might as well enjoy it and believe in it. Exactly. You know, I mean, yeah. I said something the other day: is is you know, good does not equal popular, and popular does not equal good. Mm-hmm. So if that's true, and I I really do believe that it is, why not do the things that interest you, that challenge you, that that fulfill you? And it is harder. It is, it is harder said than done. It's because there are so many things competing for your time, your attention. You think you deserve to make money from it. You want to make money from it. You, you see what other people are doing and are inspired or, or challenged by what everyone, there, there are so many factors that you can't possibly create in a bubble. But sometimes Mm. I think you need to put yourself into a bubble in order to create the work that means the most to you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just having a hard in, time doing it.
1: Yeah, but it's important to say, and I, and I, and and I need to say this that that you are one of those artists for me mm. because you do create exactly the work you want to see in the world, and you know through circumstance and yes, some of your own fears that work isn't out there in the world the way that it should be in yet. my mind yet yet exactly yeah. uh, but you you unapologetically make the work that you want to see and you are one of those artists i i deeply respect for the fact that you stick to your guns and and i think that sort of work stands so much more chance of of becoming something either in your lifetime or afterwards than say you know somebody who 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 paints a serviceable landscape that goes on a postcard Mm. because one is playing it safe. And the other is, is, is a very clear choice, right. To, to, to say something a particular way, with particular techniques, that's not trying to be popular or, 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 or feed the crowd. It's like, it's, it it comes from a true place. It's congruent, you know, it's, it's, it lines up with who you are in so many ways. And I, I really feel like, this, this is one of those words that congruence is like a is like a a term of learning counseling, which has been really helpful, studying counseling. But it's just it just sort of describes a through line. Um, through a person, through the things that they say, through how they act. Um, I mean it, it it's a kind of in an inner integrity, I suppose. It's like, I think this way, these things are going on for me right now. I'm able to express that honestly and vulnerably and let you in. And I'm able to whack that out all in ways that line up with each other. It's congruent, you know, Mm. and I feel like the, the, the best artists are artists who make out of that space. And you, for me, are one of those artists like your design aesthetic is absolutely in there. Your your color choices are so you and so, so specific. I could see a piece that you've made somewhere out of context and go either that's like jeffrey's work or it is jeffrey's work straight away because mm, you have a style that you. comes out of you I appreciate and that. the subject matter that you keep choosing comes out of your view of the world your fears and your hopes mm. for the world like there's a there's a there's a proper congruence to what you do and i really feel like artists like you and you are far further down this road than i am artists like you stand far more of a chance of being discovered for what you actually are than somebody like me who's just been playing it quite safe with a camera. And I'm not saying that to put myself down. I, I mean that soberly. I'm being realistic. And, and yes, it's a compliment, but it's also, it's also a challenge to me to be braver.
0: Subscribe in your favorite podcast app, and you can support the show by leaving a review or a rating wherever you listen or by sharing the episode on social media. You can connect with Sean on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube at Sean Tuck. That's S-E-A-N-T-U-C-K. Or on his website at seantucker.photography. Connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Jeffrey Sadoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S. Or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. You can connect with both of us by sending an email or a voice message to deepnatter at gmail.com. As always, thank you very much for being here. Thank you for your time. Thank you for listening. We appreciate it, and we hope you'll come back for the next one.